When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The cat totally out of the bag. Welcome once again, everybody, to Blockbuster Mentality. Appreciate you tuning in. How's everybody doing? Hope you're having a good week, good weekend, last couple weeks. I know last time I said we're going to do weekly shows. That starts now. Weekly shows start now. Missed last week, but uh, hey, got to watch out for the mental health. You know, we get burnout sometimes. But uh, before we uh, get into this episode, make sure you're uh, subscribed to us on iTunes. Rate, review us. That helps us out a lot. We'd really appreciate it. Today we have on frequent guest, Jeff Snyder. Um, I know, I know. It's like, oh, go away, Jeff. Like, But, you know, he keeps emailing like, oh, hey, can I come on? Can I, can I come on? Can I come on? It's like, all right, Jeff, fine. Yes, I'll get you on. Uh, but nah, he's he's great. Uh, great uh, that he is always so willing to come on and, and talk movies. This time we talk The Insider. And he's... His nickname is the In Snyder, uh, film reporter with Collider, um, and yeah, we get into the Insider with Russell Crowe, Al Pacino, Christopher Plummer, and uh, obviously directed by Michael Mann. Uh, we talk some uh, Oscars, Oscar predictions. We we talked about the nominations, um, about who might be nominated, but we recorded it before the nominations actually came out. So if you hear us saying that, it's because, hey, it was recorded beforehand. But anyway, I know you're done hearing me talk. You want to hear Jeff, the insider, talk about the insider but uh, but no, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Here is my conversation with Jeff Snyder on The Insider. Like I said, I haven't watched for your consideration yet, but what the hell is going on with uh, Best Supporting Actress? I think it's a bum category this year. I don't think anybody... Is that, is that the issue? It's just that there's not much... There's, like, nothing to choose from? What are we talking about? Giving fucking Borat's daughter an Oscar? Like... I don't get that. I, I do not get that. And it seems like she's almost a front runner. I get it more than the Amanda Seyfried talking bank. Where that's what I don't understand at all. Uh... Yeah, that's true. Um, I thought the, the grandma Minari was by far the best supporting actress. Of yeah, the year. that's yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. Um, because uh, the Golden Globe, who won that? Oh, Jodie Foster. Oh is yeah. Like, you know, who has seen that movie? Like, that's yeah. a lot easier to get ninety Golden Globe people to see that movie than it is to get nine thousand Academy members. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the issue. I mean, it's, you you gotta yeah. There's a huge difference there, and she yeah, she's not even nominated for a SAG, so you got to think she's not going to be nominated for an Oscar. I mean, history history would tell us that 
and statistics would tell us she's not likely to get nominated, but who the hell knows? Because was she nominated for the BAFTA, Jodie Foster? I have, I have no idea. I, okay. I, I never like, <laughs> think of like the BAFTAs unless there's like a, a huge contender that like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't think like just... as, as influencing the Oscars too much, even though at least there, there is some overlap. I, I honestly, yeah, I don't get the Borat's daughter uh, thing. Uh, you know, I, I thought he was very good. It was yeah. a terrible comic performance in the way that Melissa McCarthy's was in Bridesmaids. But right, I, I mean, but what scares me is, you know, I thought um, that that grandmother in Minari was was by far the best. I thought the same thing about the grandmother in the Farewell, and not only did like, she was nominated. So no, yeah, who knows yeah. what the hell they're gonna do? You know? like, <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Such a weird year. I uh yeah, cuz I've I st- I I first year I haven't done a top 10 list of my uh my my favorite movies just cuz I first of all haven't seen as many movies as I usually do and uh second of all, I don't know, I just don't care. Uh, <laughs> um and they're all becoming weird years. It, they they really are. It's just it's hard it's hard to get excited about it this year especially just cuz I don't know, it's going to be on zoom or whatever and i don't know i i don't know man but hey you know that's why we talk about past movies you know talk about the 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 good old days our 90s flicks our michael mans what was that these were the great old days that's for sure (laughs) that is for sure uh before you know we had the the borat's daughters getting wins and nominations um oh, it, it, uh, be, who, who, so who would you pick for best uh lead actress Oof, um it's a tough call you know i i want to say carrie mulligan but the truth is i think it was probably francis mcdormand again are you saying that out of odds or are you are you oh. who do you think should i win? think carrie mulligan probably stands the best chance to win but i think that for, for i would probably vote for francis mcdormand yeah uh well while we're at it explain nomad land to me man i i love movies like that i you know i like movies that don't really have much of a plot it's just kind of you're just in the life of of this person i i could not connect with this movie are you able to sell me on it um, I don't know that I could, especially if you've already given it a chance and it just didn't yeah. hit you. I, I, I understand why it might not, but I think it's a very personal kind of thing almost, whether or not you connect with that movie. I did. Yeah. It's like my sixth favorite movie of the year or something. Okay. Like um, I, I thought, I just like what Chloe Zhao's vibe is. Like we're yeah. right between that and the writer. Um, and yeah, I, I love Francis McDormand. I don't understand like the Oscar talk for for David Stress or Thayer or anything. Um, I, I, but I like seeing all those people that she connected with, like Swanky, and you know, there was another friend that she had, and then the 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 guy who you know looks like a Santa Claus almost. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love the world that that the director kind of put us down in, and I think Francis McDormand was an excellent guide through that kind of world. No, definitely. I mean, I yeah. There's yeah. When when I say it didn't connect, I mean obviously there's no denying how 
great she is, how effortless it is for for her. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I, I'm not shocked she got a nomination or is gonna get a nomination. Uh, but uh, I, I for me, I think Vanessa Kirby uh, deserves some recognition. That was uh, she was excellent. She yeah. was really really good in Pieces of a Woman. Um, you know, on FYC, we basically said she's the vulnerable one right now. I think. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how many people watch that movie. Yeah. You know, that movie is a tough sit. And I think that, you know, it does kind of peak in that first half an hour, which is, you know, a, a kind of tour de force um, for her in that first half hour. Yeah. Um, Re- most yeah. realistic labor scene I've ever seen. Yeah. And I, but- I, I've been through three of them. Not myself personally, my wife, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen three of them. <laughs> um. Yeah, there, I don't, but, but just back to No Man Land. I love the music. I love the yeah. cinematography. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to give it another watch. I mean, you know, I'll, it all depends on the mood you're in and the setting and everything. Like it when you watch a film, like. You have to be in the mood for that one. You can't just throw the, the screener on willy nilly or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, that's, uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely one I, I want to revisit just because it's getting so much buzz and I'm just like, all right, let me, let me, let me try, try this out what again. Would you rather have win best picture this year that like would actually like be a, this is a deserving best picture that 10 years, you know, down the line, you're going to look back and say, good call. Oh man. Uh, I, first of all, I mean, I, I, <laughs> It's never going to happen, but I, I, I loved Sound of Metal. Um, I mean, to me, that was far and away the best movie of the year. That's the only movie that can really compete with No Man Land in my mind, but I just don't is, think that the Academy voters are going to go for that. Yeah, that, no, yeah, there's no way it's winning. Um, right. And I really hope uh, Paul Racy, Ray, uh, uh, the guy who plays Joe in the movie, um, I really hope he gets at least a nomination for for supporting actor because yeah he was fantastic. fantastic. Um, Back in the day, you'd see actors like him actually win the Oscar. You know, sort of like actors who time has since forgotten because they only played that one role that they were so perfect for, whatever it is. Right. Uh, and I think this is one of those. But but these days, you know, it's just so much about the campaign and celebrity and like right who, who's due for it and uh, he doesn't. He almost can't win. Yeah, because like, yeah, it's like, oh, who's this guy? Uh, who's this? Uh, do exactly. I check out? Do I check out Sound of Metal to vote he for it, or publicist, or whatever it is? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And speaking of which, I I tried to reach out to him for the show, so we'll we'll see. I I, uh, I had to reach out to him directly, so we'll see. Um, uh, to deal with what was that? Those are the best people to deal with. That his yeah. DMs are open. I think I sent him a DM that night. That I saw Sound of Metal was just like, man, I was blown away by your performance. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that movie definitely stuck with me. And, uh, yeah, definitely deserves more recognition. But, you know, to to actually answer your question, uh, I I liked Minari. I I could see that winning. Uh, I, I I I don't think it will, but. If I were to choose, I mean, I obviously liked it better than Nomadland as of now without seeing Nomadland again, but um, Minari uh, and I mean, Promising Young Woman, uh, it's a fun watch, I think. Not fun, it's, you know, kind of deep, but like it's entertaining and it's keeps you on the edge of your seat. I really like Promising Young Woman. I just think that would be like a weird best picture win. Yeah. 
Same here. Yeah. I mean, I, Nomadland, I guess, fits the best picture, <laughs> right. the, the historical. But honestly, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Trial of Chicago 7 wins it. Kind of a green book situation, you know, just the, you know, the, the, the cookie cutter uh, choice. I'm going to take this as an opportunity to segue to our, our topic tonight. Please do. Because this was a movie, um, The Insider, that was famously sort of snubbed. It didn't win any Oscars. It was nominated for like seven, I think. Yes. Uh, se- yeah, I just had it pulled up. Yes, seven Oscars. Seven, right. Um, but nobody won anything, which is a damn shame because like looking back on it, even though I do remember like putting American Beauty as my number one movie of the year, I don't think American Beauty has hold, has held up nearly as well as the, this movie, The Insider, does. Um, and that's I'm not just saying that because of the Kevin Spacey stuff. Like I have no problem whatsoever watching a Kevin Spacey movie these days. Yeah. Um, but I just think that The Insider is a superior movie, and it's just so. Uh, I, I can't like you would think that the Academy would go for this. And, and I was kind of surprised that it didn't win anything. Cause that's the first thing I showed it to my dad. He'd never seen it before, uh, or he said that he'd seen it, but he didn't remember a goddamn thing about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right out of the movie. He's like, did, how did this not win any Oscars? And I have no idea. Yeah. That's the yeah, same thing. Like if it came out today, yeah, it would be like, yeah, the, the total buzz. I, I think, yeah, it's aged better than American beauty, even though, if I rewatch American Beauty, like I'll, I do every couple of years, it's you know still just I'm enthralled by it and you know <laughs> captivated. It's yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but yeah, this one, I mean, it seems like it, it aged better and kind of got better over time and and became more relevant with all the scan not scandals but you know just the news stuff you know that comes out the the controlling of the news and you know big corporations getting in the way of things so yeah it definitely is timely would, would you use the m word on this movie which word the m word m word masterpiece yes i wouldn't personally um not quite for me but um i take it you would i might i might yeah. i might okay well let's get into it then what uh i mean so uh, so masterpiece okay i i might <laughs> okay <laughs> is heat a masterpiece yes okay yes. that that i can i can agree with you on I this one my second best movie and i might even call manhunter a, a third masterpiece as well yeah that's where i would end the, the, i mean i love michael mann but yeah uh, I, I mean it does take a lot for me to say masterpiece for a film um which it should for anyone i think of course. uh but... I'm not, I'm not throw that word around lightly Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, this one, yeah, I mean, this is coming off of, I mean, not even coming out. This is Russell Crowe right in his prime. This is him, I think, his first of three consecutive nominations for Best Actor. Is he this won- his best performance? Is this your favorite performance of his or not? Flash Best. Those are two different questions, I suppose. Favorite what? Favorite and best are two different questions. Right. Yeah. Um. My my favorite. Perf- I, I I got. I mean, I gotta go with Maximus. You know, for for Gladiator is my favorite. But this this probably is his best. It it's it 
totally I don't see Russell Crowe. I see Jeffrey Wygand. I see, you know, him just playing this character who has this information and wants to get it out. Like I I I feel everything he's doing and it's not not Russell Crowe. Uh, and that's what you want when you're watching a movie. You don't want to see the actor. Um, because I, I do think that this is his best performance that he has ever given. Yeah. Probably ever will give. Uh, I just love everything about it. Every, like, you know, facial twitch. Uh, well, I mean, the way he walks or runs or just everything about it is perfection. And I think that Gladiator, which is the only movie that he's won for, is actually the weakest of the three performances. Okay. Um, because I think yeah. he's great in A Beautiful Mind as well. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And it's funny because I, speaking of Beautiful Mind, you were just saying his facial expressions and everything. This time when I was watching it for the show, I was noticing some of the facial expressions he was making were the exact same things he was doing in, in A Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, that must be like his kind of quirk that he does. Like, you know, he uh, doesn't really maybe necessarily do it for uh, the character or maybe when he's doing like a more more vulnerable character, he does it because um, he doesn't like I don't know. It's like he almost like puts his lips at the side of his mouth. All, like All actors have a little signature to them. Yeah. I mean, look who he's acting opposite in this movie. Uh, Al Al Pacino, Al Pacino, and everybody's got their style, and um, (laughs) yeah, that's not to say that Russell Crowe isn't tremendous in Gladiator. I just I love what he does in in, the the next two movies. Yeah, no, definitely. I guess Insider was before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. This is yeah. So yeah, he he got nominated Insider, Gladiator, Beautiful Mind, great uh, and amazing performances in all three. But yeah, I mean, I could I could totally see. Uh, saying this, but yeah, I think yeah, just favorite wise, I I just go Maximus just because it. I, Dude, this guy I'm just hurrah! Like, <laughs> I think he's one of the best actors ever. First of all, the crowd. We're not even talking about L.A. Confidential or friggin' Cinderella Man, where he's great. There's so much. Yeah, I mean, because this is this is uh, four years after L.A. Confidential. Um, trying to think what happened before this. Um, you know, beside or in between those movies. Oh, uh, he was doing stuff like Proof of Life. Um, Heaven's Burning, Breaking Up. Oh, Mystery <laughs> Mystery Alaska, the hockey movie came out the same yeah. same year that this did. Um. Uh, but yeah, heaven's burning. Uh, did, did, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he's in, he's in a hockey movie too, folks. So there you have he it. I can throw a phone at you and, and play defense. Um, yes, <laughs> that's what he does. That's his, his specialty. All right. So he's incredible as Jeffrey Wagon, who, who to me was like such a hero. I mean, this guy gives up everything over the course of this movie uh, loses his job, loses his family, uh, loses his home, loses his sense of like security and safety. Uh, I mean, it, it's a great like paranoia, like conspiracy movie, even right. though it never really like, I mean, there is courtroom stuff, but you know, I don't think of the insiders like a courtroom movie. No. Yeah. No, I there's no judge. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no judge. It's just a de- deposition. Right. Um, you know, it's which is weird. I was like, so who's in charge here? Like, who's facilitating at least? You know, <laughs> there's like just the lady who's typing. Like, that's it. <laughs> um, so I was just like, yeah, what's going on? I love when that guy goes off on the on the uh, tobacco lawyer, you know, about uh, one of the best lines in the movie. 
Yeah, you, you're better at lines. What does he say? Wipe that smirk off your face. <laughs> and that, again, I played the clip. Jeff said it, but I also played the clip. Um, we got, we got left, we got rats, we got laughs, we got ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, I mean, essentially, we have you know. Uh, well, actually, let's start start at the beginning. This starts right. with actually uh, Al Pacino riding with a hood over his head in the car. Riding with a hood over his head, exactly. And we find out he works for sixty minutes, and uh, yeah, he starts talking to the this sheik uh, in the in the Middle East somewhere. And Played by Clifton Collins, no less. Cl- yes, exactly, Clifton Collins, who was in obviously. Wait, do I have that right? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, uh, it, I can I can fact check. I'll I'll fact check all day long. Or my thing of Curtis. It's okay. It's okay. Look it up. I'm looking it up, bro. Uh, Cliff Curtis. Yeah, Cliff, Cliff Curtis. Curtis. Okay, I knew. I was like, I'm, I'm I was mixing it up with uh, you know. Oh, Cliff Curtis. I uh, okay. Sunshine, right? I did not realize that was him actually. <laughs> Now that I see him, I, I recognize him, and yeah, he's been in a bunch of things. Um, and yeah, wow, I didn't realize that was him. So good on you. Sorry, but I caught myself. <laughs> well done, um, well done. He yeah okay. So so I love how that sort of opening exchange goes. Even though you're also like, oh, I thought I was watching a movie about cigarettes. Like, what is this? But they have to establish. I like how they use the chic scenes to sort of establish that these guys call the shots right that's how mike wallace and lowell bergman almost thought of themselves right that like you know don't worry cbs news you know we're the most profitable show that everyone's going to get on board and go along with us the sheik's going to allow us to sit wherever the hell we want right so they carried a certain amount of weight and i think that's important to get across absolutely yeah you got to know yeah what the quote-unquote power these guys have um and yeah i I love what you know christopher Plummer and el pacino do in the scene you know you got christopher Plummer who wants to sit where he wants to sit and the one you know bodyguard guy's like no you gotta you gotta sit further away and christopher Plummer's like you know you think i got a gun you know attached to me i am a 78 year old assassin (laughs) yes (laughs) so brilliant so brilliant um and actually i I think you know i think i'm gonna karate under with this notebook <laughs> we uh we had <laughs> karate him to death uh we had um actually decided on the insider before the uh sad passing of christopher Plummer. um and Did i know we, you had we actually decided beforehand huh yes yeah right yeah we decided beforehand and wow. then uh yeah you said you were excited to talk about it on our show and you said something about christopher Plummer. you think he should have won for this he's over- incredible in this yeah movie. Yeah, I mean, he is. Just like every time that he really gets to like go off on somebody, whether yeah. it's like you know he finds out he's been edited and like who told you you had the right skills, or, uh, <laughs> you know, like even when he's with Don Hewitt and he like switches team switches sides, he's like you fucked up, Don. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. I love that. Yeah, because at first he's you know siding with Don because right. you know he's he's you know go, kind of going against. I would Don. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I mean, you got yeah a lot going on, you know, with the, with this whole thing because you got Jeffrey Wigan played by Russell Crowe, who used to work for the tobacco company, is asked by uh, Al Pacino to uh, translate these documents. You know, so such an interesting way into the story that like. We're just looking for an expert to talk about burn rate on cigarettes. And like, we just happened to pick the guy who like lost his job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that knows everything. And <laughs> I think the worst thing he could have done is say, I can't talk about this because that I, I think intrigues Al Pacino more to, to go after him. Cause it's that, like, oh, okay. sure. that's a great scene too, done over facts. The way that that's directed by Michael Mann. I yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I can't talk right now. And then, yeah, he goes back with, you won't talk. You you can't talk right now. Or, talk, you know. Don't talk. Don't want to talk. <laughs> and yeah, he goes back with basically all three. I can't, won't, <laughs> and don't want to. Um, yeah, because, yeah, he's got this, like, uh, non-disclosure agreement uh, he signed uh, with the tobacco company along with his severance and everything. And you need, uh, but you need to demonstrate that Lowell has that instinct for a story. That he right. knows that this guy has something. He wants to say something. He just has to be made to feel comfortable to say it. And it's also why Lowell can go up to the the town in Montana at the end and start looking around and seeing, you know, the antennas on the tops of cars, right? Right. And, and saying, "Oh, you're a geologist, but your hands are are fine." And he knows it's the FBI in town, which means something big is happening, and it's the Unabomber. So, what was that? Let's go to that. What, what was that scene all about? Because uh, it really didn't have anything to do with the. Well, you got to move on. I mean, he he had to move on from the Wygan story, right? Like he'd taken it as far as he could, and and now it's time. You know, the big thing at that time was the Unabomber. Okay, so, so it, it, it makes sense. So he wasn't, that was just him trying to move on and be like, all right, let me go to my next story. That That's wasn't. It's just for everybody in journalism. Like, you know, yeah. you don't just get to keep working a story forever. Like you, you got to move on to the next thing. And they actually set it up earlier in the movie because he's talking to the FBI guy and the FBI guy's like, I have a goddamn Unabomber out here. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so it, it's like you sense that the FBI is actually moving in on the Unabomber. I just, I thought it was great that he gets that scoop on the way out the door. Yeah. Yeah. He gets that. Yeah. Final, final thing where he's just like, yeah, I, I can't do this anymore. It's, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not the way it used to be. It's not, you know, how journalism should be, you know, right. I want to, I want to be out there telling the truth. But, and, but for know. that moment, he loved, you know, the way that everybody looks at him, I think, uh, you know, and congratulates him over that Unabomber thing. I, I think that that is the kind of thing that drives every journalist. Yeah. Is that uh, what drives you? For sure. It's definitely not the money. I'll tell you that <laughs> I can make <laughs> a lot more money doing a lot of other things. But. <laughs> Who, uh, did this movie inspire you at all to become, uh, a, a journalist? Maybe subconsciously. I mean, that's not why I went out to Los Angeles in the first place. I kind of just fell into journalism, but, um, yeah. I definitely have a greater appreciation, I think of this movie because I am a journalist and because I, I recognize not just what, you know, Lowell Bergman goes through with his editors and, you know, trying to you know have different drafts or cuts of the interview, drafts of the story, whatever it is. Uh, I can appreciate what Wygan went through as as so, a source who like laid his, his neck out on the line for public safety. Right. And laid his uh, family's safety on the line, laid his 
you know, uh, well, obviously his reputation, but yeah, laid his family's life on the line, but also the life he's going to have with his family on the line. Um, you and, know, and the fact that his daughter has asthma, I don't think is any mis- uh, mistake. I don't know if that's a true thing or if that's an invention for the movie, but when you think about, you know, what smoking does, it's not just, you know, he's not just trying to save people's lives who are smoking the cigarettes, but, you know, the children that they may have who, who inherit the, you know, genetic problems like asthma, whatever it is, um, there's obviously a lot of complications that come, come from smoking cigarettes. So. Yeah. Well, th- that's my thing is, though, with this whole thing is um, and maybe made it not a masterpiece to me is just because. Um, but I know it's, you know, it's it's surrounded by deeper things about corporate controlling things and all that. But it's like. People who smoke cigarettes know how bad it is for them, you know, and they're going to continue to do so. So, you know, going out and doing this because you think it's the right thing to do, I don't think it's it it would have changed anyone who smokes cigarettes' minds. Maybe, but it's tough to it's tough to know that. I think you're right, and and it's sort of what they say in that first meeting where it's like, you know, blah, 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 cigarettes are bad for you. Like not exactly a fucking earth, earth shattering. Right. Story yeah. There. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But they the do. Bring that that they're, they're actively tinkering with it chemically to make it more addictive and to pass, like he says, through the blood brain barrier. Uh, whereas normally, you know, smoking tobacco would not. Yeah, that's true. Cause you, you have these smokers who, who want to quit and are always trying to quit, but they can't. And yeah, you got a company who's, making it even more addictive, which in right. turn makes it even more, makes it even harder to quit that. Yeah, that's, that's wrong. You know, that is wrong. So yeah, good point. I, I love not just like, so the, the, the whistleblower elements, right. Which is the, the paranoia. I love the email that he gets, you know, or the bullet in the mailbox or the, the footprint in the garden. Like they're, it's almost like a, a very, um, you know, calculated campaign. Yeah. Error. Even the golf scene, which is directed so perfectly. And the music in this movie is incredible. It's the same woman who did gladiator for Ridley Scott. Oh, Lisa, okay. Lisa Gerard, I believe. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole soundtrack is, is great, but uh, it, it just, it's an eerie music that's meant to kind of spook you during that golfing scene. Right. No. Yeah. It's great. And I, I, <laughs> Uh, it probably wasn't the middle of the night. I was just thinking, like, what what golf range is open in the middle of the night? That's uh, that's pretty pretty cool, but creepy at the same time. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you have these uh, these people from the co- the tobacco company who are you know trying to intimidate him. Somehow, they find out that he met with uh, Al Pacino eventually about these documents that. Al oh, how do you got. think that they know this? Do you think that it's the room service person? which is kind of implied, but really anybody could have seen him. Oh yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah. 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 Cause they, they knock and he specifically says, Oh, they don't knock, you know, only room service knocks or something. Right. And uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He, he was the only, only person, but yeah. Cause why else would they be following him unless they suspected that he might talk? Yeah. So, yeah. That- so, I suppose that is a little unclear. Yeah, but but in in any case, they do right, seem they find to out. find out. They seem to find out that you know, uh, 
he did talk to a journalist and they, you know, kind of remind him about the uh, disclosure agreement. But they, you know, always started off with, oh, he's a great golfer. You know, they're, right. they're, they're, you know, warming him up they, and stuff. They wanted to amend the agreement, right? And make it a lot and, and have it cover a lot much, uh, a lot more. Right. And, I was thinking, like, can they do that? Like, didn't he already sign it? Like, why why would he have to sign anything that's, else? That's the thing. These companies <laughs> always have the, the, the power. Right. Yeah. The, um, the loopholes they can pull and everything like and that. Right, but, you know, he, he's pretty combatant because he takes everything as like a threat and, and he and he's like, uh, you know, f- fuck me, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like how he's not really a, a pushover in this. Yeah. in this like he's a gun owner. He, yeah, he's he, he sparred with the the judo team. Right. <laughs> he comes after the guy with the golf club. I mean, he, he is kind of like a, a crazy maniac, which is obviously something that I like in some in in a person. Well, naturally. I mean, come on, you're <laughs> that would be. Yeah, I don't have a gun, but I would chase after somebody with a golf club. I'm a Boston, after all. <laughs> You're the Insider. Is that from this movie, The Insider? Did you oh, think of it because of that? No, uh, no, but I'm, I am honored to to have it come so close to that title. All right, well, let's just say it is. Um, <laughs> it's, all, it's all about you, Michael. Man, he pinched my cheek once. Did he? He did. Where? Was that a screening? I don't know. Which which cheek? I think it was this. face cheek. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my face cheek. Face. Okay. Just just making sure. You know, it was uh, before me. I think I out over, and he was like, "Ah, oh, yes, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> great guy." Good, good. I'm glad he pinched your cheek. I hope to get my cheek pinched one of these days. I'll pinch by, it by, by anyone. Um, <laughs> just touch me. Yes, please. Human connection, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you know they they threaten to um, alter the the uh, non disclosure agreement, and uh, this kind of causes him to. Uh, seems like it fuels him to want to talk more because I think after this, they, his daughter hears something in the backyard and that's when he goes out with the gun and stuff. And then he calls, uh, calls Lowell and he comes and gets like security detail and everything for him. Um, I I like when the bullet comes in the mailbox and then it becomes serious. It's like, Jeff, call the FBI. Yeah. Jeff, call the FBI. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I, 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 you know, when you're watching this, you like keep thinking like Al Pacino is just going to protect him. And I'm like, wait, he's just a journalist. Right. Like, he's just exactly. a reporter. Like, <laughs> at this point, yeah, he's like, call the police. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, the FBI, though, is right away. What do you away, think of the like, wife? What do you think of Mrs. Wygand? Uh, she's cool. She's really cool. Now, I, I, she's, oh, I, I, freaking, it's, um, Diane Venora from Heat. No. It is Diane. Why did I think this was... That's crazy. I thought this was uh, uh, Jessica Lange. Oh, no. Wow. Holy crap. It it does look and sound like Jessica Lange. Yeah, okay. Jessica Lange. But Jessica Lange, I think, was a little older. Yeah, that's true. That's why I was like so weirded out. Okay, wow, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guess I should have done more research. But yeah, I mean, she was, uh, you know, uh, I, 
want to say the voice of reason, but there was no controlling him re- really. I think she was just really right. just creeped out by the whole situation and just he definitely you know. made decisions on his own. They they didn't like do a lot of talking. Like when he's bringing her to New York and she like doesn't know he's there for the interview. Like how do you know? Right. He said, you didn't tell her? He said, I tried. I couldn't. I didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What are you, <laughs> you going to do? <laughs> you know, but, do you know what these people are going to do to us? <laughs> uh, she's, I think she's good. I think she is sort of, she is that voice of reason. She is the, the rational family woman who's just trying to protect her children and, and you know, their home. Like I raised my my girls in this home, she didn't want right. to. Um, what you know, she sort of become like the a pariah, right? Well, and I love how they they move out of their home and they they move into a home that still has this beautiful yard and it's uh, still a house that's bigger than mine, um, but it's a downgrade for them, you know. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> it's like okay, I guess well, you know, I guess in Kentucky, it's a, it's a downgrade, three or four hundred thousand dollars a year, probably at, at Brown Williams. Right, exactly. So, well, what's the deal with the FBI like taking his stuff, like where, where and like kind of being suspicious of I mean, him? I think they have to, you know, if you get a death threat, yeah, they're going to have to take your computer and, and look into it and see if they can figure out trace it and, and see who sent it. You know? Yeah. Uh, I didn't think that that was so wild. And, and he's like, I got everything. You know, he's like, I love how he sort of falls down the hill chasing after them. Uh, and he, he's like this defeated man and all of his neighbors are outside looking at him. And it's a very embarrassing situation. But yeah, I don't know what he was expecting in that moment. Of course, right. I know about the guns in your safe, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he does he does the interview, which he he knows they're not going to air until they you know get his uh, uh, testimony in Mississippi. Which they were kind of saying how if he gets it on record, it kind of bypasses the non disclosure yeah. agreement. Right. So I assume you can say something in court. If you're compelled to say something legally, yeah. he's called okay. witness, right? Yeah. Um, then, then yeah, it supersedes any any NDA, I guess. I love that whole scene, though. Um, like the, the the pomp and circumstance and leading up to him, like making the decision. All right, I'm going to testify. Let's go to court. Eighteen thousand cop cars and motorcycles are like we've got the insider here. Like, look yeah. at. <laughs> um, you know, a zillion media show up. No one even knows what they're there for, by the way. Everyone's like, what's going on in there? Al Pacino's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, um, I'm just, I'm, I know as much as you do. And then, you know? the, and then the, the lawyer who's like, you know, you, that means you don't talk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, he does the, uh, the, the interview and then he does the testimony down in, in Mississippi, which he finds out then he has a gag order, uh, which essentially makes it so he can't go back to Kentucky. And she does, and he's fine. Yeah, exactly. Like so, it's like, well, what, so what was the what was the point? But I I think this is around the time when when CBS corporate comes in and is basically like, we're a third party who's basically telling this uh guy to um violate his n- non disclosure agreement. Tortious interference. Right. And so, yeah, we can, you know, we're, we're the ones that are going to get sued. Um, so I, I like the the kind of uh, juxtaposition kind of of how corporate uh, 
is always going to get in the way and is always going to uh, overpower kind of the right thing to do. You got corporate tobacco and then you got corporate news. They're right. They're controlling the narrative. Well, it's like Pacino says, like, okay, you know, we're a news organization. People are always telling us things that they shouldn't. Right. It doesn't mean that we've induced them to breach their, their contract. They've just done it. Like, why are we on the hook for their decision? Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they could prove in this case that it was a little bit more than that. It was a little bit more of a dance, uh, right, between Wigan and, and Lowell. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do love the the corporate scenes. And, and, you know, I think Gina Gershon is like that perfect sort of steely corporate, for the lack of a better word, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh, and then uh, her lackey, Stephen Tabalowski. Yep. Which... Like, He's just going along with with corporate, right? Yep. He's got a million dollars on the line in the event of a sale, or, or several million on the line. And uh, he was uh, he was just on Blockbuster Mentality, folks, talking, Mister. Really? Yes, yes, had him on the show. It's very it's cool. it's out there in the ether. Uh, very. Uh, what was that? Did you talk? Did you guys talk about this movie at all? No, uh, I think he might have mentioned something insider, but we talked Groundhog Day, Memento, um, and uh, um, uh, Spaceballs a little bit. Uh, But uh, yeah, the movie we talked about was Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. But yeah, he's very... Old classic. Yeah, very old classic. But yeah, he's very knowledgeable film guy. So yeah, it was a treat talking with him. Um, but yeah, he he has a little uh, small small role in this as as the 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 lawyer dude. Um, I, love, I love the the journalism bar where everybody hangs out too. Where Pacino runs into the the editor at the Wall Street right. Journal, who's talking to the guy at the time. And it's just like those are the days. I don't know if that was supposed to be Elaine's in New York or not because I know Elaine's was a hot spot for writers. But yeah. Well, it's funny that everyone knows a little bit about something that everyone's doing. Like, oh, I hear you got this story here, and I hear you, you know, sitting on something over here. Like, they they all know a little bit of what's... Uh, yeah. Does that, well, does that think, happen in film uh, film I mean, yeah, journalism? Yeah, there are times I call my, my, my competitors, my rivals, and it's like, oh, I heard this, but I, I, you know, I'm sworn to secrecy, or I can't go with this. Why don't you go with it? Why don't, can, can you email this person? You know, so, yeah. so that that person will be like, oh, man, you know, uh, this other reporter has been holding that story. And now Snyder's sniffing around on it. I got to just give it to this other reporter so they can finally go with it. Yeah. You know, oh, look well, at you. other uh, assists every now and then. But uh, yeah. I'm sworn to secrecy on those events. In the hey, you know, non-disclosure agreements, you know, they'll get you. They'll get you um, every time. Always take um, money, though. I mean, to me, I always take the severance and sign whatever they want because because <laughs> why not? You know, they can do that. Come after me for, for for the money. Give me a break. <laughs> Can't get blood out of a turnip, as my dad would say. Um, <laughs> that's such an old man saying. Uh, so yeah, you got the CBS corporate sniffing around, and then yeah, that's when Philip Baker Hall and Christopher Plummer are you know kind of strong arming El Pacino and saying, yeah, we, we can't run with it. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk of a multi-billion dollar lawsuit against us. So, you know, El Pacino's kind of on his own and they end up not airing the interview segment. They, they, you know, tell the story, but they don't say who the source is or, or anything like that. Um, and basically, 
this is after Russell Crowe finds out that his family left him after all this and, and all that. And he's basically saying like to El Pacino, you manipulated me. Like what, you know, right. I, you- I love that. He purposely, he goes back to the hotel room where they met. Right. Uh, which is right across from Brown and Williamson. And right. And he's like, you know what I'm looking at right now? Like the uh, Brown and Williamson. And it's totally dark except for the 10th floor. That's where they fuck with my life. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because you, you see him a couple times before that scene looking in, in this office building, and you're like, oh, what's going on there? Yep. And then, yeah, you find that out. Um, what's uh, what's happening? Is he drunk or something? What's happening when he gets those visions of his daughter in the I yard? I would imagine and- that he is drunk. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's just – his whole life is flashing before his eyes. Like, given the gravity of this decision and what it's cost him and how it's ultimately it's not, not going to air. Right. No, that and, uh, not. Yeah, and and yeah, he has that intense conversation on the phone with with uh, Al Pacino about manipulating me, and Al Pacino's like, "No, I'm trying to protect you. Like this right. isn't, you know, because uh, Al Pacino's all about, you know, just telling the truth, you know, getting getting the word out there, letting the public know what's going on, not yeah, this, uh, letting." He definitely makes Lowell Bergman look like an amazing guy. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, and uh, so yeah, you get this. Uh, um, dossier this 500 page dossier that has all this dirt on uh wagoned right yep and, he left uh, his first wife who, who went when she got ms which is kind of cold and fucked up but like I yeah get, uh and then but then he had a daughter with her and they never said what happened to the first daughter i guess right. they're totally estranged and he's like a deadbeat dad but um you know in that him and his current wife have had altercations before and shoplifter exactly it was an accident yep so that's when al pacino goes to the guy at the wall street journal and is like hey can you you know push your deadline because they're going to run with the story about him to discredit you know what he said and you know he's like i can't push my deadline so he's just like all right and then al pacino goes out and you get he gets that third party though that that uh, it, it's a guy it's a man and a woman and he hires them and they do their third party review and and they're the ones who go and interview like the cop who arrested him yeah and and they you know uh, basically write a, a retort to this dossier and and yeah that, the Wall Street Journal it, like runs with that and they say this was a smear campaign. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean they're contradicting what uh, this dossier says, so they they can't. You know, not exactly a bastion of liberal <laughs> values. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And uh, it, he's, he's totally right. So he, he gets that piece first, right? In the Wall Street Journal. Then he goes to the Times and he gets the Times. Right. He gives the Times the play by play, the blow by blow of what happened inside the CBS News or CBS corporate, uh, you know, that thing. Mike right. Wallace is like totally humiliated. You know, I think that's a great scene where he comes to the hotel room at like six in the morning or whatever, five thirty in the morning with the paper. And he's like, you know, it's all about legacy. You know, like, you know, I, I'm at the end of my career. It's all about what legacy you leave behind. And like this, this is bullshit. Right. Yeah. Because he, he's like, you know, you, I, I can't look to the future at this point in my life. You right. know, it's. You know, all about yeah, like you said, legacy, and it's uh, you know, if I'm, you know, a, a, I forget what exactly he says. Like, if I'm a 30 year old guy, yeah, I can, I can look into the future and what I still can do. But no, at this point in my career, like, yeah, it's all I'm not gonna toil away on, on on national public radio. 
Right. <laughs> and uh, is that was that before or after he his stuff gets cut? Like he he's like comes into Pacino's office. I think, and all... I think it's I think it's actually after. Oh, okay, yeah, because he comes into Pacino's office all bragging about this three minute segment he did and like how great he was during it. And then yeah, they cut most of it, and yeah, he just kind of goes off. Cut the guts out of what I said. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh yeah, so yeah, it's great moments with with uh the great Christopher Plummer doing great stuff uh and and El Pacino and yeah, so yeah, finally they're able to uh do the yeah, 60 minute yeah, they do air it. Yeah, they they they, they air, do it. air it. And that's the moment where this movie becomes a masterpiece to me, okay? Because I've seen it a th- I don't even know how many times I've seen this movie. 25 times. Uh, it's still a thousand or twenty five. Probably twenty five. I, I okay. was say a thousand. I was like, wow, that would be a lot of times. <laughs> probably twenty five times watching The Insider, which is no joke, and um, it still gets me. It still yeah. makes me tear up and cry when you hear the ticking come on, and you you just see that snippet that's played again, which is to me the whole moment of the film where he says, "You, know, you asked me, you know, what, what, would I do it again? Do I think it's worth it? Yeah." I think it's yeah. and he looks at his little girls and like just that that to me is the moment where the whole movie comes together and it becomes uh it takes it to another level. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's yeah, such a great moment because yeah, he finally gets his daughters to see, you know, what he's saying and what he did and you know, he the music rises its soul. Yeah. And it's like you know that <laughs> that's a hundred percent i thought the music was playing just now how many of your listeners just stopped they're like that's enough of that (laughs) (laughs) they're like all right i won't hear your ad and it's incredible Um... (laughs) it really is yeah great great music and then yeah uh, al pacino says he's he's gonna quit uh because he's had it you know he's he's had it but, what got broken here can never be fixed. By the way, I didn't even get to do the line. Do the line. I'm not done. You d- do it. I'm just kind of going where, through here. <laughs> where he's, you know, the, he's in a meeting with with Wallace and Hewitt, and he goes, "The cat totally out of the bag." <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that might be my favorite line. This well, one. it's great too because yeah, that uh, oh, what what is happening at that moment? So yeah, the the cat's out of the bag. What, what what was he saying that about? Well, it's just like, well, why are we wearing like doing the interview? Like everybody knows about this now, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like yeah, the cat's to- totally out of the bag. Yeah, and that's again, yeah, this movie totally speaks on just like the the strength corporate has and i love the the point they bring out about how tobacco if you go after them they'll just legal you to death you know they spend you know they yeah they they spend billions of dollars a year on legal um and we don't know we take a bunch of leaves roll them up you light it up you smoke them yeah (laughs) (laughs) we don't know and that uh, that uh, Congress scene they keep showing about the, them saying, you know, nicotine's not, you know, we Nicotine don't know, it's not, not addictive. addictive. It's not addictive. Is that a real? Was that a real uh, shot of that? Do you know? Uh, I I don't think so because that's the that's like actors. That's Michael Gambon, right? 
Oh, oh. Okay. Maybe there was that moment where the seven CEO actually did that, but like I don't think. Oh yeah, that is Michael Gambon. You're right. Not yep. footage in, in the actual. Uh, movie. Yeah. And uh, Rip Torn is in this for like two seconds. Is he? Wow. Yeah, he. Uh, I just recognize his voice. I feel like they barely even showed him. I forget exactly. He played John Scanlon. What did he do in this movie? I I just watched it last night. Nicotine uh, is not addictive. <laughs> Man, you're just full of impressions. I love it. Um, yeah, Rip Torn. He's a, he's what, he is in it. He's, I saw him in the credits, but yeah, I was like, what, who does he play again? Yeah, I, I forget some 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 guy. You know, just some guy. Uh, obviously not important, but uh, but yeah. And then you got the the walk away at the end with Al Pacino after seeing his sixty minute uh, Unabomber segment uh, uh, go off and telling uh, Christopher Plummer he quits. And uh, yeah, I like the look they kind of give each other. You know, they, he he kind of walks away, and and Christopher Plummer looks back and sees Al Pacino look back, and you know they they had they had the nice fourteen years together. Right. You know. But uh, it's time. It's time for Pacino to move on. Maybe he'll start his own, you know, uh, news firm or something. Well, I don't he went know. Went on to, to Frontline, um, to the, the PBS show. He became a big producer on. Oh that. yeah, that's right. I forgot. And, they... and then Wygan becomes Teacher of the Year. Yep, that's right. Yeah, goes from friend? goes from making uh, who knows how much money at the tobacco company to uh, yeah being a high school chemistry teacher and Japanese like a good teacher and, and in fact watching this movie made me want a Russell Crowe as a badass teacher movie yeah I, I I, it, it, it made me want him to start cooking crystal meth after he receives his cancer diagnosis oh a little oh I could see that a Russell Crowe style like uh, Breaking Bad style show with Russell Crowe exactly yep and uh yeah he was actually a uh, uh, second choice to brian cranston they were going to call him up did you if brian... see unhinged no i really liked unhinged which came out last summer um yeah that was a lot of fun with with russell crowe yeah the, the road rage movie oh uh, yeah yeah no i have not seen that it was good huh oh i i had a very good time with that movie all right i'll check it out i'll check it out um, what's your what's your favorite journalist movie? I think it's this movie. Besides this movie, I love Shattered Glass. Shattered Glass, okay, that's a good one. I mean, Spotlight is great. I know I'm supposed to say all the President's Men, but you know, I, I like eh. a little bit newer movies. Um, yeah. I think it's those two. Spotlight, okay, yeah, Spotlight definitely comes to mind. Uh, network i mean that's not really that's just about a guy kind of going crazy and will not take it anymore that's not really journalism but uh but yeah spotlight definitely comes to mind should it have won best picture Eh, i don't think so but uh you know that's just me um Uh, do you know who plays jeffrey wygand one of jeffrey wygand's daughters in this movie Oh, she! Oh my goodness, she's so familiar. She was in <laughs> that uh, bird movie, uh, Polly or whatever, with the <laughs> with um, Jay Moore. Do you know um, whose sister she is? I do not. That is Jesse Eisenberg's sister, Hallie Eisenberg. Get out of here! She was in a, those Pepsi commercials as a little girl. Well, yeah, yeah, she was in the Pepsi commercials. She was in uh, Polly with Jay Moore, the sure, critically sure. acclaimed. <laughs> 
<laughs> critically acclaimed uh, bird movie. Um, okay, I did not know that was Jesse Eisenberg's sister. Is she older than him? Or is she younger? That's a good question. I'm, I'm actually not sure about that. Okay, well, thank you for not being an expert on Jesse Eisenberg's Jeez. family. Did you catch the, the cameo from Brecken Meyer? Brecken People tell oh, me oh, like sometimes. Uh, Travis uh, from Clueless, the skater. No, I know who Brecken Meyer is. Okay. Um, who, who was he an insider? He was like, um, like I think it's Wygan's son's friend. Or no, maybe it's, maybe it's Bergman's son's friend. Sorry, sorry, it's Bergman. Oh yes, yes, I remember. Yeah, I remember seeing him last night. At first, I thought it was. Um, wait, is Breckin not from Road Trip? One of yes, the Myers. Yes. That is him. Yeah, I remember and seeing him last night right. when I was watching him, and I was like, "Oh, I forgot he was in this." And then I uh, yeah, told I, my, I inverted my names there. I, I did a name inversion. So yes, Bergman's son's friend. <laughs> um, who else was in that man? Rip Torn. Did I mention Rip Torn? I did. I know. Uh, Steven Tobolowski. He was on Blockbuster Mentality. Check it out. Um, let's Lynn see. Bigpen, the chief from Carmen San Diego. Yes, the I. Principal <laughs> who hires Wagon. I when I was watching, I I, I should have took notes, but uh, obviously I didn't. Um, and uh, yeah, I was going to mention. Did you notice who that was? And uh, yeah, I really Carmen. like that. Like Debbie Mazar here and Colm Colm Fior, who, who was Scruggs. He was good. Lindsey Krauss. This is a good I kept thinking him, uh, the Debbie Mazar character, I kept thinking him and Al Pacino had something going on. I don't know. The way oh, they maybe, kept... Maybe. The, uh, the way they kept looking at each other. The, the characters, anyways. I, you know, maybe the real life people, too. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> the way they kept looking at each other, like, I, I always expect something to happen there, but it didn't. That's not what this movie's about, you know? It's about uh, journalism. But, uh, but yeah, hell, hell of a movie. What was that? What am I supposed to tell the next source? Hang in with me. You'll be okay. Maybe. <laughs> that was oh. that was not the quote, but it was an approximation. Jesse Eisenberg's sister is Haley Eisenberg. She was born in ninety two. Jesse Eisenberg is is eight in the eighties. I think so. Yeah, she's younger. So, wow. I, I had no idea that was, that was, uh, his sister. So learn something yeah. new every day. She was also in Bicentennial man. Yeah. But so. she doesn't act anymore, does she? Last thing she was in, was in 2010. So I assume not. She's she's out. Good. Yeah. Child see. actress. She got out. She got out of the industry. Good for her. Good for her. Um, but yeah, that's in, in I said in Snyder. That was Insider with the in Snyder. <laughs> Michael Mann, Eric Roth. I mean, we got to hand it to them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh. If you if you like uh being on the edge of your seat, being on uh you know just you like that kind of investigative journalism type thing, it's uh it's a very intriguing watch. We gave it all away, but uh, but yeah, it's based on the man who knew too much, which makes didn't me give think. Give it all away. There's plenty more to, to take away from this movie. Yeah, we, that that I, is true. I still take away stuff on my 25th viewing where I can just appreciate little details. And right. Like yeah. Uh, nominated best picture, best director, best actor, Russell Crowe, best screenplay, best cinematography, uh, best Chino and Plummer not get nominated. I know, especially, uh, especially. Plumber. Well, even Pacino. Yeah, I get it. If Russell Crowe is going to be the the guy, right, and best actor, okay, Pacino. It's 
it's hard to run him in supporting, I think, although maybe you could. But Plummer's a clear supporting, and that should that should have been a nomination. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, even Golden Globes, they didn't get nominated. It was just Russell Crowe. Um, so yeah. But yeah, Best Sound uh, got nominated for as well. Best it Film also Editing. also a Disney movie. Yeah, I, just, I saw that. I saw Buena Vista. Yeah, Buena uh, Vista title. And so I yeah. wonder if they just didn't really know how to get this movie an Oscar or something. I mean, they got seven Oscar nominations, but they're up against DreamWorks that year. And DreamWorks was just unstoppable around that time. Was that Shrek? Did that come out in 99? Probably. I think so. I don't know. Come on, Schmodown guy. Like a champion? Does that look like <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna say you just turned. I see a belt that says champion. So yes, yes, you look like a champion. Um, but uh, but yeah, insider. There we go. Boom, Bobby. It's been great talking with you, man. Say something quirky. Thank you for having me here on Blockbuster Mentality. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Cameo at, at the Insider. If you order a Cameo, order it on the website, not the app. Thanks. <laughs> All right, good night. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Well, there you have it. The Insider. Great conversation once again with my man Jeff. And yeah, hopefully he'll be back soon. Hey. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at BlockbusterCast, on Instagram at uh, Blockbuster Mentality. That's where you get all the updates for new shows that are coming out. Uh, we just guested on uh, Gutting a Sacred Cow. Definitely check them out. They kind of tear, have a guest tear apart a beloved film. Make sure you, you're subscribed to them too because me and Dave just guested on their show and it was a blast i'm not gonna say what movie it is i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it for a surprise but yeah make sure you you check out the their podcast and that episode when it drops uh we have them coming up on our show we have comedian uh greg fitzsimmons coming up and uh some others on the horizon so uh look forward to sharing it with you all so all right but That is it for me, folks. For Jeff, I'm Ben, and as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. (laughs) 